Welcome to Nintendo Main episode 15. Uh, this is our uh, Twilight Princess episode, and we have a guest, a friend of mine from uh, college, when I went back to uh, to Columbia College in Chicago. Um, I remember the first time I met him, uh, one of my roommate's friends uh, was there, and he told me that he was going to, going to play the uh, Resident Evil remake on GameCube. And I asked him if I could come with him, and I went with him to watch it, and that's where I met John. And John told me that Ocarina of Time was his favorite game of all time, so I figured we could that we should be buddies after that. So let me introduce uh, my friend John Ninner to the uh, Nintendo Main Podcast. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me on. Excited to be here. No problem. And uh, and as and as always, our uh, the uh, the other the other second half of our of our team, Jeremy Mikowski. Are you there? Hey, what's up? It's me, the other second half of the team, Jerry Mikowski. <laughs> That's me. But, um, yeah, uh, so, so how are you guys doing? Have you, uh, what have you been playing lately? Uh, me, I've not I'm been still... playing a whole lot right now. Oh, go ahead, Jeremy. Oh, I'm just rocking out Pokemon Blue still. Yeah. Did you have, a, did you have time to get into the, uh, GameCube version of, uh, Twilight Princess at all? Or do you, do you still have that? I uh, booted it up for a little while. I wasn't able to play too much of it, but I uh, was able to look around a little bit in my uh, finished game file. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, do you? I, I know I, I talked to you earlier, John. You said that you yeah. had just you had just finished Twilight Princess like a couple weeks ago. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, a couple weeks ago. Yes. So, all right. So I got the the Wii version of Twilight Princess when it first came out, and I loved it immediately. It, it became my favorite Zelda game, uh, you know, as the new one always does. I guess Ocarina of Time is always the favorite, but then they each, each new one is the favorite after that, too. Um, and I so didn't want it to end. I don't know. I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, when I got to the end, it, it was just kind of like that feeling, oh, no, the game's almost over. It's almost over. I don't want it to be over. And so I started telling myself, well, I have to get every little item. I have to get every little whatever collect every bug you know there was a girl who had the bugs and all that uh, and i just didn't want it to end so after a while I, I just stopped playing it and i was content not having it finished and finally it was like maybe a month and a half ago i said well i guess i'm just gonna do it so i completed it a month and a half ago and uh, so it's still fresh in my mind that's that's crazy. So you were you were yeah. fine with waiting like uh, almost ten years to get to the end just because you didn't want it to be over. I mean, you could have finished yeah, it and want, like yeah. started it again. You know, played it multiple. I could times. have done that. I could have done that. I could have done that. But I felt a real sadness as I was closing out that game. And I thought it was beautiful, and uh, I didn't want it to be over. So ten years was long enough. Yeah, <laughs> almost. Yeah, because it came out. It's like uh, I guess it came out in November of two thousand six. The what the Wii one mm. did. Yeah. So, yep. uh, and I, and you got the, I remember you got the Wii version because I played through the first, uh, I remember playing through the first dungeon of that game at your house because you got it yep. before yep. I did. And, uh, and Jeremy, you got the GameCube version, right? Yeah, that's the one I had because I didn't have a Wii yet. I, uh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize or I didn't remember that, uh, that there was like a month, that there was a month of time between the two of them and that the Wii one came out first. That was kind of that was kind of like a punch in the face for I oh, guess yeah. everybody who wanted to get it on the GameCube. You know, yeah, I, I mean, forgot about that. I mean, how did you feel about that? Like not having the Wii and still waiting for it. Well, for me, it was kind of a no-brainer to because I knew I wasn't going to be able to get a Wii anytime soon, and uh, all my 
siblings really loved Zelda, so I just bought the game for everyone to play on the GameCube, and it was out in time for Christmas that year, so it just made a really good like family Christmas gift that I also enjoyed. Sure, it just it it sucks that uh, it just sucks that the GameCube owners had to wait like a month before it came out. I hope they I really hope they don't do that with the uh, Zelda Wii U. If that's end up if that ends up what happening what happens like with it really being released on multiple systems. I mean, I think the I think the system that it's originally made for that should be the one that comes out first, I guess. But I guess they're trying to push uh, trying to push more sales of the of the Wii. I'm sure. Yeah, but as a punishment, the Wii players had to play with the right handed Link. That's, that's true. That's weird. Then they and everything had to be flipped. Actually, yeah. I um yeah I played I played through the game like one I it's I'd only played through it once out of out of all of the toy like out, out of all the uh, Zelda games. And um, just like a couple, like a couple months ago, I've been I was having an itch to play through it again, mm. and I and I started playing through it on the Wii one, and I was like, man, I really wish. Uh, I was like, I, w- I want to play this like the way it was original, you know, the way it was intended to be, like to play it with a controller. So I started looking around for GameCube copies, and those are pretty expensive still. They were still like selling have for like ever... for like sixty bucks, even used. So have any of us played both versions? I've only played Wii. I've played both versions, but I haven't. I haven't beaten the Wii version. I've gotten, I don't know, probably like a third of the way through it. But uh, the GameCube one, I took my sweet time beating. It took me a, a couple of months to play all the way through it because I just really took my time with it. I was going to look at what my uh, time was for the for the Wii one, but I think it was like some clo- somewhat close to like a hundred hours, if not more, on that. Oh yeah, I topped hundred. I took my sweet time. Yeah, I think it was like one hundred and twenty or thirty or something. Yeah. I yeah, I've. Uh, I'm, I mean, I got the. I I have the uh, HD remix. I just bought it last week, so I've been playing that. I've been playing that, you know, for the past however many days, and I made it through. Like, I just made it through like the fourth dungeon, the uh, the desert dungeon with the spinner and all that. And uh, I, I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it so far. But um, it's nice. Yeah, I always wanted to play the GameCube version. And like I was saying, the GameCube version was too expensive, and I kind of just held out for it. And then it eventually ended up being released for the same price. You know, with a little with a little toy in it, so it was. Uh, ended up but the, the Wii U, the new one now, do they have? It, it's 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 the it's the Wii version upgrade. It's not the you know you don't get an option to play either the the left hand link or right hand link, do you? Uh, well, well, you do actually. You and, do. Um, yeah, th- there's no motion controls in it. It's all. Uh, it's yeah. actually the remake was based on. Well, the HD release was based on the GameCube version. But um, oh, okay. they have a there's a hard mode with like double damage, where he where he holds the sword in his right hand and everything's flipped like the Wii version. So like the hard mode oh, of okay. it is is the Wii version and the uh, standard mode is the GameCube version. Hmm. But they still do it with like you know with the different hands and everything flipped and all that. And actually, uh, I don't know if you played uh, I don't know if you played through the um, Ocarina of Time on 3DS, but the uh, Master Quest in there does the same thing actually, where it flips and he has the sword in his right hand. So. They added that to that yeah. game as well. Yeah, I did that. Mm-hmm. It'd be kind of interesting if they went back to the Zelda mythology in that book they came out with, and there was a parallel world where Link was right-handed. They oh, explain yeah. that. Oh yeah, in, in the Hyrule Historia. Yeah, yeah. I, I just got at, that book too, actually, a couple weeks ago. Oh, you so you uh, so you're familiar with the timelines and all that, right? Have you, yep. I mean, that's that mm-hmm. seems to be what gets talked the most about that book is the. Uh, is the timeline. Yeah, the Hyrule timeline and all that. It's I find it I find it weird that there's like 
that like the first Zelda games exist in this world where Link was killed, which is or like that's the timeline, I guess, for for like the NES and the Return of Link, like or where or like where the chance of he died in Ocarina of Time, which I thought was kind of weird because that doesn't happen really. I mean, I guess you mm. know they have to have that possibility, but yeah, I, I wish know. I had known when I was playing Ocarina of Time that it was like the the fork in the road. I don't know. I just didn't realize as I was playing. I wonder if it would have been different playing it the first time around, knowing that oh, this is like the one that they're all going to center around from now on. Do you think that would have that would have changed your thoughts on the game, like and being like, oh, this is yeah. Well, when did it, Hyrule Story didn't come out? Didn't that that didn't come out until like around like Skyward Sword, right, or like after Skyward Sword? Yeah, I think. it was like pretty much in tandem with Skyward Sword. Yeah, so that was when they started getting into the whole like you know that all of these exist like in a certain time. Which apparently, from what I heard, Miyamoto doesn't like to talk about the timeline. So, if you ask him about it, he'll be just like, "Oh, it's whatever. They're all, you know, they're all different stories." Yeah, I don't know. I kind of lost my mind a little when when they said uh, there were multiple links. I felt like that was a cop out. I felt like that was like we never really intended for these to be connected stories, but people want them to be connected stories. So our retro explanation is that they are all different links. I think that that came around during the Wind Waker time. I think. Yeah, they were saying that. Yeah, they were because, saying that he was reborn as the hero. Because that, because that link, obviously, well, that one, that one, I think that was the one where they kind of started to make it to where like they existed in a similar timeline. Because they referenced Ocarina of Time in The Wind Waker, so they right. have to kind of, you know, that it's obvious that it's a different person because it's way in the future, you know. So they had to kind of explain that to say that there are multiple links in different times. I mean, how did you feel about that, Jeremy? About the multiple links? I'm with you. I think that I remember them saying around the time of Wind Waker, you know, this is a new Link. This is a new character completely. You know, he wears the same outfit, but he acquires it a different way. And uh, he, he, he awakens differently to being the hero. And so, I mean, I just accepted that that's exactly what they were doing. They were just, you know, it wasn't the same person that was alive for all this time. Or it wasn't like the story was rebo- rebooting every time. But it was just the same story being told in different parts of history. Kind of like mythology in in the real world, I guess. Fables can be like different across different cultures and occur at different times. They can have similar themes, right? But it's it's the same Ganon, though, right? Like, it's not multiple Ganons? I think it's the same Ganon, I'm pretty sure. He, he keeps being reborn. Like, they... they, they banish him somehow and then he comes back every time because i uh i just beat i mean i just beat the wind waker hd release like right right after i got twilight princess and uh in the end of that like ganon talks like talks this link being a different link but he talks like he had you know like he has lived through like all of the games the way he talks to him in the very last battle he's like oh you guys are the new version of this part of the triforce so it makes it look like he's been around since that it's still the same guy from ocarina of time yeah, and you kind of get the impression that he's kind of just tired of it all. He's just kind of like, uh, I just remember the wind from back where I used to be. The wind was there. That was nice. Yeah, he talks about his hatred towards the wind or whatever. I think, like in the final, in the final thing. But uh, yeah, it's um, I don't know. Uh, do you think uh, like what are like what are either of you guys' thoughts on uh, Wind Waker versus uh, Twilight Princess? Like, which one? Which one do you think is better? I remember Twilight princess being viewed as a distinct uh rebuke of the wind waker style right like people were so excited about a twilight princess because it looked like lord of the rings or something and 
you know, to me, it was always, it looked great. I always wanted to see a Zelda looked like that, like serious and everything. But I always, I, I, I was never one of the ones who said, oh, Wind Waker, it looks cartoony or something, you know. It took me about an hour to get used to the look of, of Wind Waker. And then I realized it was like a gorgeous cartoon and all that. Um, so like Wind Waker versus Twilight Princess, to me, it's just that that right there is kind of the, the breadth of the appeal of Zelda is you can have something that sort of looks like maybe it's maybe for kids. You can have something that looks like it's for adults, but really they both appeal to kids and adults. I don't know. It, it, I just, you take those two games out of this series and that's, that explains the whole appeal right there to me. Yeah. I think, I, I think I feel the same way uh, because I do remember specifically the, the surprise reveal. And I can't remember which E3 it was uh, when, you know, I think it was. I think it was two thousand four. Yeah, it, it was two thousand four. Yeah, that was that was the like first time the they showed e- some of it. Yeah, and and people were just like floored. They're like, "Yes, we're getting the realistic Zelda. We want it after all." That was just Wind Waker was just a side game. This is the real Zelda Ocarina of Time sequel, and it does feel more like that stylistically. But for me personally, like you know, I also like John didn't. Never was really a doubter of the style of Wind Waker. Um, for me, like I remember watching the Zelda cartoon, as crappy as it was. I watched the Zelda mm-hmm. cartoon before I ever played any of the games. So in my head, it, it always kind of was a cartoon. You know, that's where it started for me. So seeing Wind Waker as like a playable cartoon, I was I loved it every second of it. Still do. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I, I had no problems with the visual either. Like my main, my main, my major problem with uh, Wind Waker at the time was that I felt like it was too short because there's really only like maybe like four or five dungeons as, compo- as compared to most of the other ones have like you know seven or eight. Hey, Trey, maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but but didn't we go and reserve Wind Waker, you and I together? Yeah, we did. We reserved it at the same GameStop, and you wanted to yeah, go there. Uh, you wanted to go there like when they opened, so we went there at like nine a.m. or ten a.m. That's right. Yeah, and they yeah, didn't. And they didn't have the. Uh, they didn't have the. They didn't have the shipment yet, so we had to like go home and then come back at like two <laughs> when they had the game. With back oh, in the day right. when they didn't get it until the day, now they get it like before. Right. But, but yeah, no, we did. We did get that one together, and they had. Uh, and I think it was was it because uh, we talked about it on the GameCube one, but I think that was the one where they gave out the. Uh, the Zelda disc that had like the four or five different games on it. Yeah, it like, that's uh, not worth like a hundred dollars or something. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I sold. I I think I sold that game. I sold that disc, or I I traded that disc in for um the purchase of Twilight Princess on Wii. So that's what happened to that disc. But <laughs> but um no, maybe it was uh, it was either that or, or there was also um I think it was a they they gave out an Ocarina of Time Master Quest disc for Wind Waker. But anyway, I remember I remember playing through that again, like before we went back to GameCube, before we went back to GameStop to pick up the uh, the Wood Waker disc. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't know. It just amazes me, like, um, because uh, Twilight Princess was like a direct was like a direct reaction to like the the critical response of Wind Waker, because a lot of people were upset because of like him being a child or whatever, just because he was adult in like one game, you know, and they wanted to see more of that. And it's just like, mm-hmm. it's just crazy, like, about the one that, the one that people, like, threw the much, most fit about is, like, the one that's, like, aged the best in the game that still looks, you know, which is, and, and it seems like everybody's kind of come back around now, talking about, like, how, you know, how great, how great they think it is now. But it's, it's just, just crazy, like, cause that was, um, I read, I read, like, uh, I was reading interviews, like, uh, 
the Iwata ask interviews around uh, Twilight Princess and watching like some of the videos. But yeah, they did say it was like a direct reaction to um to Wind Waker, you know, because that to changing changing the style back to what the people wanted at the time. And I remember feeling like when I saw that first trailer, I was like, oh, they definitely took Lord of the Rings into account. Did you guys feel the same way that uh, Twilight Princess took a page from the Lord of the Rings movies, visually well, anyway? Well, they used the, uh, the I mean, the song was from uh, was from Conan the Barbarian, so they took a page for that, from that for the <laughs> for the trailer. But um, what did you think, Jeremy? Uh, I think I, I could see that. The Lord of the Rings movies were in vogue still at the time. Um, it was definitely... I do remember, like, the horseback combat being, like, something they really, like, were stressing at the beginning, and that was very Lord of the Rings, like, mm-hmm. firing your arrows while you're on the horse, like, finally being able to do that, like, just bringing Epona into the mix more of, like, a combat, like, someone that's helping you in combat, not just a mode of transportation. That was that was pretty cool at the time, seeing that and, like, getting excited about it, I remember. Um, I, uh, another thing that, I, I don't know, something that I saw in an interview was uh, they were they were saying that that was something that they wanted to do in Ocarina of Time originally, but didn't have the ability to, so they saved it till uh, till they had more power. Like they wanted to do like um, battles on horses and all that, like with like with the sword, which you know would make sense because Nintendo like they like to save ideas and all that. But Lord of the Rings was you know was kind of a thing. I mean, what was it? Uh, was it in, in uh, Two Towers? Uh, Legolas like surfs on a shield, and like Link surfs on a shield too in Twilight Princess. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. You could say you yeah. could say that sort of, uh, you know, that maybe one's referencing the other in that way. I don't know. I mean, I think Zelda in itself probably referenced like Lord of the Rings, like the books, like you know, from the beginning. I think to a point. Yeah. Probably, yeah. Definitely. So you know, uh, interestingly, there was a glitch in the uh, in Ocarina of Time. I think it was only in the first, the very first release of it that you got a hold of the gold cartridge. Uh, you could glitch it out in the final battle with Ganon when he would knock the. He like knocks the master sword out of your hand at one point, and you would like save the game and quit, and then you would start it again, and uh, it glitched it out to where you could put different items into the sword slot because you just didn't have anything in your sword slot anymore, and you could like it glitched it out to where you could like use the hook shot while you're on horseback and a bunch of other weird stuff that wasn't meant to be in the game, and it didn't work very well, but. I guess technically you could do that in Ocarina of Time if you knew how. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I, I think I saw you do that. I think I saw you do you do that one time, and because uh, you could like put the ocarina in like the hand uh, that is that his sword was holding, and you could play the ocarina, and like the horse would like run around in circles behind you, like in a crazily way, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, Link would kind of just suspend in midair, and the horse would keep running. Yeah, I remember seeing that, but. uh did you? Did either of you guys ever find? Uh, wasn't there supposed to be an Arwing somewhere in Ocarina of Time? I don't. I don't think. Yeah, I, 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 I never found it, but I saw. But I've seen videos. Yeah, of I've it. seen the video. I think you have to have a, oh, a game shark that. or something. Yeah, you have to have a game shark to to unlock it. But apparently, an Arwing is somewhere in the code of uh, Ocarina of Time. I've seen videos of him running around with an Arwing flying around. I mean, I've just seen videos of it. I would. I was just curious if it was possible to get to. But I guess yeah, if you need a game shark thing. I haven't done anything like that. There's also we, the actual Triforce. You can find it if you use the Game Shark. I remember seeing that a video of that too. And it's in a really weird spot, like behind a wall, and you have to kind of clip out to see to the other side of the wall. But oh, that's where the Triforce was. It was behind the wall. Yeah, you said the wall. 
behind the wall. It's like it's like in that uh it's like in that Twilight Zone episode, you know, where like the girl like falls into the other dimension through the wall. That's like where the Triforce was. They just <laughs> same wall, it just fell in there. We could but, skip uh, the quest, guys. I think uh, I think I think that was because didn't they have a demo? I I remember seeing like uh, footage of a demo or like pictures of a demo for Ocarina of Time that showed like Link like actually getting a physical Triforce. So maybe they yeah. just hid it in the game somewhere or it ended up you know, being stuck in, you know, somewhere during development. I don't know. It's like garbage code, I think, that wasn't used in the final version that was left over from the, that demo, probably. Sure. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you like, take the game apart enough, or you could you could find stuff that's, you know, that's in there. So, Jeremy, have you played, uh, have you played the HD remake of Twilight Princess? No, I haven't played it yet. Um, I, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to get it on Amazon, because if you buy it on Amazon, you can get a really nice discount if you have Prime. Oh, cool, right? Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. It's like a 20% discount, so you can get it for 38 or something like that, I think. I don't know what the math is, 39 and you get the Amiibo and everything. So I'm going to order that sometime in the next couple of days. Yeah, it's, uh, I, 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 totally, I totally recommend it. Um, it's, uh, it's, been, it's, it's been great. Like I said, I only played through it one time, and um, it's nice to go through it again. It doesn't look it doesn't look as pretty as like Wind Waker did, but that's just because of the art style of Wind Waker, I think. But there but there's still a lot of parts to it that just look really gorgeous in the in the HD version, I think. Yeah, I wanted to ask about that. So how does it really hold up? I mean, everyone was saying when Wind Waker came out uh, uh, with the the HD, HD remake that you know it really made an already great looking game. But obviously, for something that was going for more realistic style, like Twilight Princess, yeah, how does it hold up? How does the does it look aged? I mean, obviously they've they've cleaned it up a little bit, but uh, the core of the game does it still hold up? I mean, I think it looks good for the most part. There's like some there's like some things that look weird, I guess, like the like the trees, like the trees in like High World Field look look really strange. I guess because um, they're trying to make it more look more like realistic and not as stylized that it ages not as well. I guess you could say, but um, you know, it, it, it's it's I guess it depends on what on what, there's like some structures that look kind of weird, but some that look better. So it's it's kind of it's not as like I don't think it has as much of a wow moment as a, fa- oh, a wow factor as like Wind Waker does. But as I'm playing it, there's yeah, I'm still like oh wow, this looks really nice. You know, this looks really bright or you know looks a lot cleaner. I guess, like I said, I haven't. It's been a while since I played the other one, but I think from what it is, like I'm having a great time with it, and I'm, I'm glad they re-released it. You know, it's totally. I think it's totally worth playing if you haven't played it in a while, or if you haven't played it at all. I would still say to play it. And they've and they've greatly re- reduced the uh, tears of light in it, which they're still kind of annoying, but there's like four or five less of them each time. So because I think so like that's um, the version of the speed sale. Yeah, that's their speed sale. Which uh, another? I mean, another like uh, another major gripe that I was going to mention about uh, Twilight Princess, which I remember like um, I remember playing it at John's house and being like, uh, just like the whole beginning of it is just like so bizarre. Like it's like it's like you gotta it's like you gotta get a you gotta get a fishing pole and then you gotta go catch a fish for this cat that goes into this house and then you get the slingshot and then you get a sword but then you lose the sword and then you get it again. You know, it's like this whole like however many hours of it is has like probably one of what i think is probably one of the clunkiest like zelda beginnings that i've played out of all the games like what do you guys think i have to think back because i haven't uh, seen the beginning of that game in such a long time but i can remember the reviews saying that oh this this game takes a long time to start up and 
you know, for me, I've always loved the side quests and those kinds of things. The, the, you know, the atmosphere of like, you know, where he comes from and all that stuff more than the main game. So I can recall at the time thinking, oh, I kind of like this. I kind of like hanging out in the forest for a little while before things get started. But well, I don't, it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, some people were saying the beginning was too long. Uh, and, I, and I remember when, when the game first came out, the reviews were saying that the beginning of the game was a little bit too long and a little bit clunky. And uh, when I played through it, I'm remembering it. I, I, I think I liked... Um, I like it taking its time. I like, I like, I like hanging out with like the elf people and all that stuff before the game actually gets started. Seeing the the environment and the characters of you know of where he comes from and all that, I enjoyed it. So I I don't know, I I remember feeling like it didn't for me it didn't take too long. It was just a, it was kind of giving you a, I guess it was sort of giving you like a day in the life of Link, right? Which Wind Waker yeah. did also, but it didn't seem I don't know. It was just kind of. I just. I remember getting confused by the um, <laughs> by the uh, the part with the cat and the and the fishing pole and all that in the beginning when I when I first oh, yeah, played yeah. it. Like just kind of wanting to be, just wanting to get right into that first dungeon. And it takes quite a long time before you get to that first dungeon. Wasn't there a sheep herding part at the beginning, or yeah. am I imagining that? Yeah, that's at the beginning yeah, also. Goat. Yeah, goat herding. I think it was just kind of trying to establish that Link was a beast master in this game. Like just kind of see that he interacted with all these different animals early on to know that that was going to be sort of a theme of the, the game. Yeah, sure. That, that is, I mean, that is something that, cause when you, yeah, that's very, when, when you're the wolf link, you can talk to all the animals and sense, sense ghosts and that type of thing. So I guess it was kind of a setup for that. And also like some of the wrestling of the goats you use later for like with the Gant, with the Goron battles and the, in the Goron mine. Yeah. The goats were an interesting thing. Uh, also, I guess probably just to train you in the the refined horseback riding and stuff. But, but yeah, I do remember getting a little annoyed with the goat the goat quests and really feeling like I was going to work within the game, like I was playing a a life sim and not an adventure game for a little bit there. He had to do the chores. I mean the the whole yeah. open the whole very beginning of it is like his the, whoever that guy is, like the 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 dude with the mustache. Or there's some weird looking people in this game, but <laughs> there's one guy like chef of the village. I think. Yeah, the, the dude from the village or whatever who's like, the very part, first part of it is like, well, you're going to Hyrule tomorrow. And it's like, and he's also like, you know, I know you I know you haven't left the town ever, but here. That's weird, too. <laughs> like Because he's like supposed to be like 18 and he's never left this town ever. Like, he never like, never like went to town like ever. Like, never went to, never went to Hyrule. Like, to... Yeah, that's that's one know, thing that's kind of... To buy whatever. Throughout all this, like, they always start... With Link say, oh, like he never left town, he never left his area, or whatever. And the area is like, if you were to put that in a real world, it would be like a hundred square feet or something like that. Like, really, you never <laughs> left hundred square feet? Okay. Goats don't herd themselves. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that's what, and that's why he can't leave because the goats won't do it. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, I grew up in a small town. Like, I grew up in like Morton, but we still went to Peoria. That was like the big town, like <laughs> next to there, you know. Well, we definitely. I mean, we went there. It's like ten minutes. It's like ten minutes away. You know, that's where you go, like to to go to the stuff that isn't Morton. I mean, sure, they went to would go to Hyrule for whatever. I don't know for whatever reason. At least the Kakariko town. Oh yeah, or or Kakariko. Yeah, I mean, where do they, they got to go get their bombs and and whatever you know, whatever else they have there. All I can really think of is like the bombs in Mallow Mart. 
I mean, those kids, those kids get more adventure than Link does just for getting kidnapped. They get to go to another town, you know, get to go to Takariko. I guess they always want to present Link as being like, you know, there was always something about him where we thought he was going to be a hero, but he always was just kind of boring. So we never really thought he was going to be a hero. And then the games always start with him like, all right, I guess I'll be a hero now. Sure. I was thinking, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I know they kind of make it like an ocarina of time. It's like, oh, you know, someone so lazy couldn't save the world, like how he's asleep when you see him. There should be but a thought, game where he just doesn't. He just stays home like someone else. He, like, hears about them, like, going off on an adventure. But he's just, like, at home reading a book or something. That's the whole game. The Legend of Zelda staycation. Yeah. He doesn't do anything. I saw I saw some meme I saw some meme online that was like a Legend of Zelda a link between jobs and it's just him like sitting on a chair like watching TV. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> that's what he does between between games. He just sits around. But I, I thought maybe the reason that he hadn't left the town was because I guess that maybe Nintendo thought wanted you to like want it want it to not be that he had some sort of huge background like where you would experience everything when he did you know so it's kind of like you're on the same level i guess we're like you don't know what's outside he doesn't know what's outside so i don't know so they kind of react the same but that character that uh the village chief the guy with the mustache is important because that's his daughter that goes missing initially that you have to go and save which turns out to be link's friend or whatever and that's kind of where the adventure kicks off as far as like leaving and rescuing things yeah because they uh yeah, she disappears, and the um, kids do also. Yeah. So, so that's like the that's she the actually uh, Goron Tower. Didn't she, didn't she like leave with Epona because she felt Link wasn't taking very good care of Epona and was like getting her hurt? So she like tried to like basically like seize the animal from Link because he wasn't a good owner. <laughs> well, she was like, uh, I know she spent a lot of time in like the uh, in like the pond with the with the horse or whatever. Cause she kept like watching it, and you know, said that Link was. Yeah, that that opponent got hurt at some point, but um, when but the first time that they actually get attacked by like the goblins, the horse gets taken too. So they take they take like all of them, but they come to the village. I'm, I'm you, uh, really liking that that uh, there, was, there was like a shootout or something at the like Old West Village after the kids get kidnapped and the goblins are like all over the the different buildings and everything. Wasn't there a shootout portion of the game in the desert? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember There's that a being a those, standout for me. One in the town, yeah. It was very old west. Like all, they were all like kind of like cowboy moblins hanging out in the windows. You had to like shoot through the windows and get them, or like crawl up and snipe them and stuff. In the uh, in the desert part that I was just at, like there's a lot of uh, there's like they're at the top of like towers and you could you shoot them off with the arrows and all that. But there's a lot of yeah where they will, there's a lot of parts where they'll like attack like multiple ones will attack you at once and you'll have to take them all down. I think they do that in, in in the Goron mines as well. What are, what are you what are you guys thoughts on the um on the whole like thing of like Okami and uh and uh Twilight Princess? Like how they I mean they released like what like like two or three months apart from each other. Did you ever think that there was some sort of like I don't know, one person had mentioned a game about a, a wolf and a and an elevator and the other one heard of it, or do you think it's like you know, when just you know, like like Bugs Life and uh and that other movie or whatever that came out at the same time, or like the same thing, ants, ants you know, yeah. like that type of thing. I always, I always wondered about that. Like, just you know, one in two thousand six was like the year of, of wolf games, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I was, I always wonder, I always wondered if, I always wondered if one had seen the other. Like, I, I watched an interview with E.G. Uh, Aonuma where he said that uh, 
that the that the that the wolf idea came to him in a dream that he dreamed that he was a wolf trapped in a trapped in a jail cell and he you know wanted to put that in the game somewhere so he did that. I think they played very differently. I've played both of the games. Um, yeah, the, there is that commonality of the wolf character, but the two games did a very different thing with with it, and I think it was different enough to where you know, and and one game you know that's the god of I don't know that's it, some god that became like a character that you play in the game in Okami and then and then in Zelda it's just Link, like Link's alter ego pretty much. But uh, I guess I guess you could compare um I guess you could pair like to could compare the uh, Tears of Light to um to Okami because Okami is like about restoring the land and and the first half of Twilight Princess is kind of like restoring the land also. I mean there's some similarities yeah. in that way. That is true because you like open up more of the map by restoring the world in both games. I mean I don't, I don't think that I don't think that one like ripped off from the other. I just think it's interesting that like two games with the wolf came it came out at the same time you know it's just i think it's i think it's fun to think about yeah they well, were... you can at least say though that okami was inspired by zelda okami is, is in all senses a, a zelda game yeah like, maybe not you know the wolf thing was a coincidence probably but uh i remember there was an interview with those with the with the i think they were where they were clover still at that time they've changed their name yeah. they changed their name so many times that i don't mm-hmm. yeah but i, I think they, they were so cool I'm pretty sure they. I mean, they said that it was inspired by Zelda. It obviously was. I mean, because it had dungeons and stuff like that. But, um, but uh, yeah. But I, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't think one person saw the other. I don't know. I mean, they, they always hear stories about like these elevator meetings and stuff like this in Japan. So you know, they, I mean, if they worked cl- close in vicinity of each other, who knows? I just it's just it, it's just curious, you know. And obviously, Nintendo embraced Okami because they released a version on the Wii, and then there's an exclusive game on the DS. Yeah, they had a they had a remake of it, and uh, well, they re-released it on the Wii, and they also did the Okami Den for for DS. So, I don't think it was anything you know there was any bad blood, any bad blood between them. But I remember I remember IGN that year, like um, I think Okami won like Game of the Year, and that was like yeah, that's a, just because their logo that became was on the a thing. Cover, though, probably that's just because their IGN logo was on the cover, though. Probably they had a little bias. Oh, why they won Game of the Year? Actually, I think well, yeah. that was that was later. <laughs> that was on the Wii version. It was uh, the one for the PlayStation 2 version, but the Wii, yeah, the, oh, was that a, the Wii version had the iGen logo on the cover, right? Yeah, the 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 Wii version, I guess they the yeah the the picture that they use for the cover has like the iGen watermark in the color in the corner of it, because I guess That's hilarious. I guess because like Clover Studio had like just closed down, that they I don't know that they were searching for for <laughs> images to use for the game cover, and that was all they for could find. Game. I don't know. Yeah, it was, I, I was thought, thought that was kind of funny, but um. And you did? Did I mean? Did both of you guys play through both of those? The, uh, yeah. Did you play through Okami? I didn't yep. play Okami. Mm. I played it on the PS2. I didn't play it on the. I didn't play the Wii version. Oh, okay. I played. I played, I played you, you brought it over to my apartment one time. Yeah, I played it for a couple hours. That was it. Oh sure. Yeah, I, I played the Wii version. I liked it. Yeah, that's that's the only. But that's the only real similarities I can think. I can think of it between the two was like restoring the world. Because I remember. I remember when I talked to. I remember when I talked to Jeremy about. Uh, Twilight, Twilight Princess and Okami for the first time. You told me, like you told me that uh, that you felt like Okami was similar to the um, to the to the uh, Tears of Light, but like through the whole game, you know, like that type of type of thing, like restoring the world. So, yep. So, I mean, you only have to do that like three times, though, right? The Tears of Light thing in the yep. Yeah, it's like it, it has the basic has the same basic uh, structure as like the other Zelda games, where like you do th- three things. And then something happens, and then it's like the second half of the game. You know, they did that. 
I guess starting with A Link to the Past was how that was, where it's like the three and then the dark world. And then um, same with like uh, Ocarina, the three, and then uh, he becomes the, the adult. I think it's the same in uh, A Link Between Worlds also. Yeah, it's it's just kind of become like just this just this pattern for it on the on the subject of this getting revealed in like e3 in 2004 like uh last week on our um on our nintendo direct podcast we were talking about like how weird it was that uh zelda wii u how we haven't seen like anything of it and it's supposed to come out this year and like how like for in the instance of like twilight's princess i know they delayed it like yeah. it was really supposed to be 2005 but by e3 2005 there had been like tons of videos out and demos and all that you know for even for that getting delayed a year, so it's just it's just strange, you know, that like there's like almost nothing of the new one in comparison to that. It's strange, but yeah, I think they must be keeping things like airtight, um, you know, for for E3. If they don't reveal all at E3 this year, that to me means it's not coming till till next year. That that and yep. for the for the NX as, as well, you know, if they don't reveal all for NX. This year, then it's not. Yeah, I don't know. They've, uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's a pattern for Nintendo to delay Zelda games. Like, they almost, I mean, they pretty much always do that. Do like the year delay, like Ocarina did it and Twilight Princess did it. I don't know if Wind Waker did or not, but I know that those two did. Skyward Sword delayed at least Mm -hmm. twice. But to delay it a third time to like Christmas 2017 would be, would be weird. But I don't know. There is, um, in the, uh, in the, in the Twilight Princess HD mix, there is like a little, there's like a small Easter egg of Zelda Wii U in there. There's like a store in the town that has like two has like two pictures on the wall that are from like that that are from like that reveal from uh, E3 like of the field and like the and like the monster and all that. So they stuck like the little bits that they had of it in there. So I guess that's somewhat reassuring that it's still coming around, right? Yeah, and that you're supposed to be able to use the Wolf Link amiibo in the new game. Yeah, carrying over from the remake. One thing that's one thing that I think is really cool with the new Wolf Link amiibo. Is um when you like when you start the game on the Wii U, uh, right when the title comes up, you can just put the amiibo on the on the gamepad, and it just starts your game. Like you don't have to pick your name or anything; it just takes you right into where you were, where you saved last. So that's oh, nice. that's a nice added thing that I didn't hear about until later. But yeah, it just it just pulls you it just pulls you right into it, and you don't have to go through and select the controller and the and the files and all that. Because like cool. it, sa- it saves everything to the amiibo, I guess. Yeah, it'll just take you right into the game. And I did like. Have you found I, any other? Have you found any other uh, amiibo features? There's there's a, there's like a dungeon kind of like for it. There's like like sort of like a like like a similar to like cave or cave of ordeals, except you're um, except you're the wolf. Basically, like an endurance type dungeon that unlocks with the amiibo. I've only played through the first part because you it only unlocks like as you go through, and like the finishing the third temple or the fourth temple. The, the desert one I just did, that that got me another part of the Cave of Shadows, but I haven't played it yet. But I haven't used them. I know, like, uh, I know like uh, the Zelda and Sheik, they refill your energy, like if you scan it on the on the uh, gamepad. And um, Ganon makes the game harder, like if you scan him, and uh, Link, like, refills your arrows. But I haven't used... I tried using, like, the first time I went through Cave, Cave of Shadows, I tried using um, Zelda, and it didn't work. I ended up dying. So, so it hasn't, it hasn't it's worked. Like anytime you're down on hearts, you can just wave an amiibo by there, and and you'll get hearts refilled. No, it only works once a day. You can only do it once a day. Oh, once a day. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it hasn't like made it like super super easy where you can just constantly scan the amiibo. Did you, did you guys did you guys feel like a, on the on the subject of easy? Did you feel like Twilight Princess was a 
was a fairly easy game when you went through it, aside from like you know dungeon puzzles, like the overall hardness of it. I thought it was pretty tough. I uh, I was playing it around my siblings, and I think they may have heard me swear like the first time ever. Like some of them, like while I was playing that game, because I'm sitting there like in, you know, I didn't live at home at the time. I was just coming home to visit, and uh, I'd play the game while all my brothers and sisters are watching me play. And I just remember getting really frustrated and, like, dropping that bomb a bunch and stuff. They were just laughing. Because I remember, uh, I don't know, I've heard some people more recently on the release of the HD version saying that uh, that, that, was, that that game was too easy. And I was like, I, didn't, I don't know, I didn't think it was that easy. Like, I, uh, that was another one of my complaints about Wind Waker was that I thought that that game was way too easy. Yeah. Well, Twilight Princess, it was, it was a fair challenge. There, there, were, there were some bosses that I had to play a couple of times, and then there were a few, like, I remember there was one toward the end. Um, it was sort of drummed up to be some like big boss as you were uh, uh, crawling around the castle. There was this guy in the courtyard. I remember thinking, "Oh, you know, here's like a a boss or something." But you know, I wouldn't even well, I, I wouldn't have called it even a mini boss. It was like two or three hits and he was gone. But uh, there were, I, th- I thought there was an, it was an even challenge overall. And I think especially I, I was playing the GameCube version, and I don't know how much easier the Wii version was with the pointer controls and being able to like aim your arrows and stuff. But I felt like, I don't know. I felt like I was challenging myself a little bit more too. And I felt kind of justified when I was playing through the GameCube version that I was playing the harder version of the game. Yeah. I think, I think definitely, I think definitely the GameCube version would be harder for aiming. I guess in, in particular that part where you have to like protect the, um, when they're like taking the, the, when they're taking the, um, the Zora to, uh, the Zora kid to Kokorina or Kakariko village to um to heal him. There's the part where you have to defend them from the mo from the moblins on the way there, and uh, that part yeah. is I can imagine being. I mean, I had a really hard time with it this time around, like on the on the Wii U version, even with like the somewhat motion controls of the of the gamepad. I was having a hard time. Like the the bird, the bird that drops the bombs that makes him run in circles. Like I had a hard time getting the bird. So I can imagine that being like way way worse if it was only analog. When do you play? Do you play with the the gamepad or the or the um, the Wiimote nunchuck combo, or how do you play it? Um, there, as far as I know, um, there's no there's no Wiimote nunchuck combo available for the for the HD re release. So I've been I've I've tried it both ways. Well, I mean, I played it I've played it on the pad on the gamepad, and I played it on one of the pro controllers also. But I, I prefer the gamepad just because. Um, there's a there's a button there's a button on the touch screen that you can hit to switch from the uh, wolf to to link, which is really easy instead of talking to Midna. And also, oh, I right. like I like the uh, I like the um, the motion based aiming that you can use with the controller. It works like the same way as it did in 3ds, you know, where you can like move the system to aim. It's nice yeah. just to like you know just to like kind of get that right. You know, I just move a little bit just to just to move move the um, you know the reticle right to right to where it needs to be, but it helps. I, th- I think it helps. You That's know. in uh, the Wind Waker remake, also. Yeah, it's it does the same thing in Wind Waker, also. But I, I felt like it really helped for the um, for any of the levels that uh, involve like shooting, you know, like the um, you know, like the target practice type places, like uh, the like the the ones where you shoot the rupees, like on um, Ocarina of Time with the 3DS. I I was a lot better. I was be- a lot bad, better with it on the, you know, with the motion control than I ever was with just the analog. So, so I like, I like it for that type of thing. And I guess with the gamepad, you can switch items just by touching the item, which is nice. Yeah, that ho- that's nice too. To be able to switch really quickly on the fly. 
is 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 a nice thing to do. Even though like a weird thing is, you know how you can like combine some items in that game. Like you combine like the the bomb and the arrows and like the um and like the arrows and the and the Hawkeye for the um for the super scope. Yeah. Well, uh, you have to you have to pause the game to do that. Like you can't do that like straight on the straight off the thing, which is which is kind of weird. Like you can't like hot swap it like while you're walking. Because the button that you hit, the button that you would hit to combine them is like the is the target button, so you still have to pause the game and do it, and you know stop it to 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 combine things. Okay. So it took me a minute to figure out how to do that because I'm used to just switching it on the fly on the on the gamepad because that's how I would do it on uh, Wind Waker. I really liked I really liked using the gamepad on Wind Waker, especially for the um, for the sailing because then you could like see the map at all times, so you didn't have to stop and look at it, so you knew exactly where you're going, you know. And the speed cell helped also. I can remember when we heard to stop and look at the map again and again. So I, I, I never played the, the HD one, but I can imagine that would be a big improvement. Yeah, it helps a lot. What, what, what were you saying, Jeremy? Oh, I was asking if it was similar in Twilight Princess where the map was always displayed. Yeah, you can you can either you can basically switch it to the items or the map, so okay. you can look at it. But I but I find that I don't look at the map as much as I did on Wind Waker because you know on Wind Waker it's more you know when you're when you're like you know. Sailing, you need you need the map more, but it's still nice to have it there on the on the bottom. So you said you just beat the uh, fourth dungeon. Yeah, the desert, the desert dungeon with the with the spinner, which has a really cool boss, the uh, Stow Lord. Yeah, oh, I love that boss. Idiot. That was my favorite yeah. one. Yeah, I think that's probably the most like one of the most fun ones on there because of like the yeah the the rail. Uh, it's like sort of like an on rails back and forth wall sort wall, of uh, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah that spinner is actually a pretty. Cool I uh, I wish that they would have included. Um, some sort of boss rush mode in that game, but they they didn't really like some way where you could. Rush? Not that I know of, like they, where you could go back and play play the bosses again after after you beat them. I don't think I don't think there's anything in that one that I that I know of because it would be it would be fun to come I back and play like Stalord and all that. I, I think maybe there is because I seem to remember when I played it just a couple of weeks ago that I had an option to go back and and play that uh, the spinner boss again. You were just talking about. Um, and I, and I played it again. Oh, yeah, maybe there is somewhere. I don't know. I, I read online that there wasn't a boss rush mode in this one. As somebody was asking about it, because I know I know there was one in uh, there was one in uh, Skyward Sword, but I didn't remember if there was one in this one or not. But I haven't gotten I haven't gotten to a point yet where you can repeat any of the bosses. But hopefully you can, because it'd be nice to to play him again. Unless you unless you have to do it at the end of the game, I don't know. Because like in Wind Waker, you have to play you have to play like all four of the main bosses before you get to. Uh, before you get to Ganondorf, how do you guys feel about? I feel like the Skyward's Skyward Sword came out right. We were talking about the difference between uh, the visuals of of Wind Waker and then to Twilight Princess. I feel like Skyward Sword is the exact right in the middle visually between those two. Uh, it looks to me like from pictures of the new Zelda that they have decided, okay, yeah, that's the direction. We've, we finally found the right visual direction. We're going to keep going with it. Uh, it seems like Twilight Princess is in the middle of those two. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, I see that. Um, Skyward Sword is in the middle, yeah. Yeah, whereas they kind of want to wanna make it somewhat um, artistic, but not like fully cartoony, but still kind of a little realistic, I guess. I could I could right, see right. that, and yeah, the de- definitely the new one looks very um is very colorful colorful, but still like realistic at the same time. Yeah. I don't know. I always I always yeah. wish that I wish that um Wind Waker would have gotten like a full on HD sequel though, 
that would have been really cool. Yeah. Like the same art art style, just like bigger, you know, just like just like more land and less water, I guess, and like more just try to make it like bigger, I guess, like the, sort of the same ideas, but just more area to explore. It would be really cool. That's what I would have liked to see. It could still happen. Well, I mean, they kind of did a sequel with. Um, I guess they did the ones on on the original DS were kind of sequels, wouldn't you say? Yeah, they did. I mean, they made sequels. Not, they made sequels on the DS, games, but. Yeah. But it wasn't it wasn't quite what I wanted. I wanted something that looked as good as the uh, as the HD remix, but or the as, as HD game, but just like a new one, you know, that has more land, and like more stuff to explore, and more dungeons. But we'll see. I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll maybe they'll come back to it. Like I mean, I'm sure they've been working on this Zelda Wii U for like you know I don't know how long. So you know, I'm sure they always have some idea on the back burner. So and like I said before, like We're normally the- whatever ideas they they won't make for they can't make for one game, they'll save till the next game. I remember reading something online, and maybe we've talked about this before, but uh, that there were dungeons in the uh, that they wanted to put in a Wind Waker, and that they may have brought back for the re-release, but. Those dungeons ended up being used in Twilight Princess, like some of those ideas. Yeah, I don't know if we talked about that or not, but yeah, that that is what happened. They because uh, uh, yeah, I guess they they were supposed to be like a couple more dungeons in Wind Waker, but the due to like disc storage, they couldn't fit it on there. So a lot of people were kind of asking them to add to like you know put those dungeons in there, like for the HD re-release. But they said they were already they'd already used them in, Twi- in, in uh, Twilight Princess. I wonder which. Um, I wonder which dungeons they were. I don't, I don't know. It'd be interesting to find out. I mean, they don't they don't fully reveal everything. I looked. Uh, I, I was reading. Um, I was reading, or I was watching this thing with Aonuma, and he said that uh, Telma, the the lady that owns that owns the bar, was like her was like his favorite uh, character. Then he said that she was based off of an actress that he liked, but I couldn't find yeah. any information as to who the actress was because I don't think he actually gave up that information. But yeah, I don't know if they would tell if they would tell you like what specific part was. Was that you know, was was the part for the um, for Wind Waker? Tell one was cool, yeah, I liked but, her. But it'd be interesting to see. What did you? Uh, what How did does you she think? Look HD. <laughs> she <laughs> she looks she looks fine. She still looks big and tough. What uh, speaking of like Telma and that type of thing? Like what like what did you think about like the overall like art style of the characters in, in Wind Waker? There's like some that look okay, and there's some that just like look like completely bizarre. Like I don't I don't know. It's kind of got it's got a weirdness to it. Like almost where it's Try, trying to be realistic, but it's still kind of like too not. I don't know. It sounds like this weird. Seems to have like this weird in between thing on it. I don't know. No, you're talking about Twilight Princess, right? Yeah, I'm talking about the Twilight Princess characters, like uh, like that guy, like the guy who was the father of Ilya that we talked about, the mustache dude. Like, I think like his face looks weird. Like, I think a lot yeah. of like their proportions look kind of strange. Like, maybe their faces look bigger than they should be. I don't know. Like the art style yeah, of, the, no, of like the non-player characters. I get, I get what you're saying. I can remember the guy who who runs the cannon and Lake Hylia. Oh yeah, the guy who's wearing like the belly shirt. <laughs> he has like yeah. that shirt that's like tied above his belly, which is like uh, okay. I, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with his outfit, but yeah, there's some characters where the Japaneseness can't uh, be denied. Like you know, it, it, some places the game looks like a it's made to appeal for. To a Western audience, the Lord of the Rings kind of stuff, but then they throw in these like wacky designs for characters that, like, okay, yeah, this was this was made by Nintendo. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the, the, I remember uh, probably like what I thought was like one of the most Japanese parts of that game was uh, was like Mallow's Mart, like when he moves to the castle, and there's like some sort of crazy like J-pop song that plays when you come in there. 
don't know if yeah. you remember yeah. that or not, but I remember yeah. that being like the most Japanese thing on there. Yeah, anyway, anyway, on the one of my favorite characters. Yeah, yeah, I think it, that's what uh, is, that's, is that what's playing on the eShop? That would make sense. Yeah, because remember there was some yeah. sort of crazy uh, song that was on there. Um, as as far like what I was thinking of when you talked about the dude with the uh, the cannonball guy. When you when you get shot up to do the uh, the cuckoo game, you know where you float with the chicken. The dude who you oh, yeah. pay for that, he looks like he's like he's like what nightmares are made of. Like he basically looks like uh, he basically looks like one of the clowns from Killer Clowns from Outer Space. That dude that you pay yes. the money to, <laughs> he looks yes. he looks fucking frightening. Like he looks like one of those That's giant it. fucking <laughs> clowns. But uh, yeah, like that part's like I, I don't know, man. This guy should be like a boss somewhere. Also or the terrifying. Yeah, yeah Oko's. Oh the oh yeah the okus are that yeah that in itself is like some weird shit like those that mutated bald chicken person thing yeah and they have nipples too well like the yeah, gorons have like, like fallout or something like a post apocalyptic creature yeah that was some re- really bizarre things like those guys were especially when you if you use them and like there's the child of the oku that has like the it's like the floating head it's just like a head with eyes with wings on its ears. That like bring yeah, you in and out of the, I guess yeah, I guess they start with the head and then grow the body around it. I was I wonder what uh yeah, I wonder what whose idea it was for those things. Those things are really really weird, really creepy. They've got a whole t- they've got a whole uh, dungeon based around them too. Yeah, that's the uh, the Sky Temple, which is considered like one of the I think considered one of the best temples. I don't know. Do you guys remember offhand like what your favorite temples were from that from that game? I can remember liking that one a lot, and that was later in the game. Uh, temple wasn't it? Isn't that one of the last ones? I think it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I, I just when you get being surprised by it at the end. It's when you get the double the double claw shot. Yeah, yeah. There was some you cool can, like, uh, hook shot from one spot to another while you're still like attached to one location. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Actually, I like I liked having two having two uh, hook shots and where you could yeah you could basically go from one to another. There were some pretty interesting uh, items on there. I, uh, I I don't know. Uh, offhand, like I, I really like Goron Mines. That's I think that's like one of the first good dungeons. Yeah, the, just and uh, I like the uh, water one also. I remember liking that when I first played through it. And I guess they fixed they fixed some of the uh, movement in the water on the new one. I don't remember having a tr- having problems with it in the old one, but I guess I that that was that was an issue. But it it's, it seems to control really easily, like for right now. I mean, when I played it. It seemed good, but uh, yeah, I've, I'm excited to play the sky the sky temple again. I remember enjoying that also, just because it's like all open and it was all about like getting from one spot to another. For for me, I liked the just the design of it, like the it sort of looked airy and cloudy, and I remember thinking, "Wow, this is like really this is beautiful." For and and, and juxtapose that with the idea that the ukus were sort of the entrance into that temple, right? Like that was sort of the the uku temple in a way. And I just thought, yeah, well, these guys are these guys are so weird. But then the temple is so beautiful, like, huh, interesting. Yeah, kind of like, uh, like it's like their own type of redemption or whatever, right? It's right. Like, oh well, they're right. weird. They're weird and ugly looking, but they, you know, yeah, you're they have this really cool home, I guess. So that's yeah, makes it all right. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, oh, you know, how they they have those weird nipples, like the the Gorons do, also, like they have weird wrinkly nipples when you get to uh, the older ones. When you get to the Goron mines, there's some of that going on. Yeah, well, which is, all, which is also weird. From, uh, you step up from Wind Waker to the more adult style, you're going to have <laughs> Yeah, that's what people wanted. Well, was that was the first thing Waker. they put in there. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Need better graphics or wrinkly, more wrinkled nipples. That's what. That's what they're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> we want to yeah. see the time in those nipples. How old those people are? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys? Uh, how do you guys feel about um about like a lot of people say that Twilight Princess is like kind of a remake of Ocarina of Time, and like some people mm-hmm. would say that it was like too similar to Ocarina of Time. Like, how did you feel about that? Like playing through it. I felt I like mean, it was an evolution. Because it. Because if you look time, at, for sure. I, I guess if you look at like the, like the first three dungeons are the same. It's like you got the forest temple and then the, you know, and then Death Mountain and then the fi- and then the water. It's like the same way as the, uh, as the original one. And then you got like the sand area and all that. Like, because so I think it's supposed to be the same map to a point, I guess. But like in the future, I don't know. But some people think it is actually a full on remake. But uh, what are your thoughts, Jeremy? It's like an expansion. Yeah, I think right. I think it was you know it was Nintendo saying here is your realistic sequel to Ocarina of Time, even though Wind Waker was very similar to Ocarina of Time also. Um, yeah, so they were just like, just to prove that, you know, here's some similar locales, you know, you've got Epona and you've got a lot of similar elements to, to feel, to make it feel like it's Ocarina of Time, but it wasn't at all the same game. I mean, I see the, I see the similarities. I mean, it's, yeah, you have like the Hyrule field, but I don't know. I, li- I was listening to a podcast where they were saying that, um, where they're saying that, like, you know, everything was in the same place as it was in Ocarina of Time somewhat. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. I don't really see that. <laughs> but, it's, I mean, it's a lot bigger, and it's, and I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't really believe that argument, but. How would you feel about them trying to do Zelda games from that way from now on? To where everything is linear and makes sense from game to game. This thing is in the same place. Uh, if there was some continuity. Like real continuity between the games. How how would you feel about about that if they could do that? I think that'd be a bad idea, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think they did that with a uh, link between worlds. Yeah, they did kind of. I mean, they, I found it's not, a lot of the temples in the same spots that they would have been. Yeah, it's not exact. It's not uh, exact uh, though. It's not exact, but it's it's enough to where like I didn't ever have to like. I don't know. I could usually like without even talking to anybody, know kind of where I needed to go next based on remembering what it was like in uh, Link to the Past. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, that's a similar thing where it's basically, because I think they were going to, I think they were originally going to try to do the exact map, but they decided not to, you know, because there were different things they wanted to do. Yeah, well, one thing it would be limiting you creatively, limiting the, the developers creatively, and the other thing, then how do you surprise people? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you want to you want to have to like you know you want to not know where the next dungeon is and all that. But I'm interested in the, if the new Zelda will be like similar to Wind Waker, you know, where it's like a or not. I mean, similar to Ocarina of Time, where there's like you know there's like a lake Lake Hylia and like the Hyrule Field and the desert and all that. If it's still kind of built on that, I don't know. I think I would like more open world. Yeah, with the, with the more open world, I would expect, and I, I'd hope for something that really just like blows it all out of the water. So there doesn't have to be a Lake Hylia. Like you don't have to know that there's going to be a desert level coming up somewhere or whatever. I would like to see something where it's like ninety percent new stuff. Some of the old stuff because you got to have the old stuff. You know, a little bit you got to have a high rule field and certain things that people can expect. But I would like to see a Zelda game where they really take it with like ninety percent new stuff. You, um, you gotta have like a boomerang and a bow and arrow, right? <laughs> yeah, throw in a boomerang, yeah. bow, bow and arrow, and all that stuff. You know what? I, I kind of want to see. I would. I would kind of want 
the game set in the future. Yeah, I was going to say that. Uh, there was a, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, as one of the Mario Kart DLCs, uh, Link Link's like Link is in it, and he has a cart that's mm-hmm. like a, this basically like is is like a motorcycle design like Ebona. And there right. was like some interview with Miyamoto asking him about that, and he said that that'd be a cool idea to do to do like a future Zelda. And I'm like, yes, that's awesome. That should be the next one. Like super, like you know. Then they'd yeah. have to do a Metroid like this, way in the past. Yeah, like like dystopian. Uh, they they could do do like full on uh, full on dystopian Zelda, you know, where he like lives in the future, where like there's no food and all that, and, and it'd be there's like yeah, Metroid Primal. Yeah, <laughs> Metroid, Metroid Primal. Primal. Yeah, there you go. Copyright that one, like before they get to it. Yeah, Metroid set in the past. I mean, I could see that. I mean, you could do. I mean, you, if you if you wanted to have like, you could do a thing like with Samus's planet or whatever with the Chozo and say that's like a primitive planet. I don't know. I don't think they've actually been right. there, but they, they've know. already been extinct for a really long time. When Samus starts finding their technology, you could just show her rolling up in a ball without her suit, just like doing somersaults all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah, it'd be nice if they would get out of the get out of the medieval thing for a minute and just kind of take it in a different direction. That would be cool. Or like a modern day Zelda, where he's just like in a suburb somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> where he lives like in, he he like yeah. lives in an apartment. Oh yeah, <laughs> make an Earthbound yeah. Zelda. His dad is like, a minivan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. It's a uh, his, his we're like yeah yeah you, you you like call your dad and he deposits rupees <laughs> into the ATM so you can you can take it. Ganon's like an oppressive dictator or something. <laughs> aggressive dictator. Fucking dictator! I'm gonna fight you with my modern weapons. That'd be that it ended up being like a shooter, I guess. I heard that I heard that Ocarina of Time was originally going to be like all first person, like uh, that was their original idea for it. And I guess uh, I guess the um, the Wii version of Twilight Princess, like their first idea was to make it all like point and click, where you don't where you don't move around, you just point to an area, and that's where Link goes. That would have been a completely different game, like if they would have oh, ended yeah. up doing that, yeah. I mean, can you imagine that? That would have been, like been crazy. Like game or something. Oh, I mean, yeah. When they were when they were trying to figure out a way to, because they, you know, because of how much it was delayed, I guess they were like, um, well, we're gonna we're gonna have it have it out for we also. We need to find a way to incorporate the controller into the game oh, as right. part of the game, right. even though the game's already done. So they're like, so the first thought was that they would that you would use the pointer to like point somewhere on the map and Link would walk there. And that would be how that version of Twilight Princess would work. And obviously, it didn't work, you know, so they didn't do it. Yeah. But it would have been insane. But if sort they of like Phantom, that. Phantom Hourglass ended up being on the DS, maybe. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, because I think they were trying to go the same sort of thing. Yeah, like, uh, like yeah, they like how they controlled like how you controlled Link with the with the touch screen, a similar thing with like controlling him with the with the pointer and the TV with the with the remote. That would have been that would have been like, a whole different game. Wave the remote in different ways to have him do different actions, like roll it to have him do a roll, or I guess something. I don't know. I mean, from what from what I was, I mean, it was uh, it was like from my Wada's Wada asks. There's a uh, there's like a ton of uh, interviews with them around the time that the, that the game came out. But um, he was saying that yeah, that it would involve pointer control. They didn't really say much about the motion, just um, you know, having that be a way to move him. I don't know, like have it have like a higher up camera angle. I don't know. It, it just sounds insane. It sounds like something they would you know. Almost as crazy as that uh, as Ocarina of Time first person full for per- full first person game, you know. So maybe so we'll get our uh, first person Zelda soon. <laughs> maybe. maybe maybe it's in the works. So yeah, I mean, do you guys? I mean, on the subject of like how we're we talking about how the art style went more to like um, ended up becoming like a mixture of like realistic and art and and, and artistic and the um, 
art design and all that. Um, did would you do, would you guys would have preferred if like it would have stayed like in the Twilight Princess way, you know, instead of what happened with uh, Skyward Sword? Like, would you prefer no, it got more got more gritty or violent or whatever? I've seen. I remember seeing people post on game boards about that, being like, "Oh, they should add blood and like you know, blah blah blah, and make it more mature." And I was like, "I don't, I don't think that really works, and that's not really what it's about." I don't know. I don't think blood would really work. I mean, I think I'm I'm glad they went there once with Twilight Princess. Uh, I would like to see them go there again, but only when the graphics get so good to the point where it, it really does look uh look real you know i don't think we're quite there yet like maybe in a generation or two if they want to try a realistic zelda again it would be different enough that oh yeah it could be interesting again but i really like the direction that they've apparently settled on with uh skyward sword and now uh the zelda on nx i think they've found the perfect style um it's a little bit matured and it's a little bit cartoony um and it, it speaks to a lot of people. Um, I think that's what Zelda was always meant to look like to me. But in a couple of years, yes, please try another realistic-looking Zelda. I think we've learned with the Zelda games, it's style over realism. Like, the style of the game, you know, the art style and just the way it plays and everything, and the sound design and the pacing and everything. Like, that's all really important elements that people aren't necessarily pointing out when they're like, no, I want the graphics to look this way or another. Like, I like the—I don't know. I really like the—I like to feel like I'm playing a, a game in a fantastical world that's not realistic. I, I like—that's why the cartoon style is so wonderful because it's—you couldn't be done in real life, you know. Not that a lot of things could be, but yeah. it's—it just makes it—it's a, a special experience. It's a game. It's art. Well, I think Nintendo itself is like is just very much based on design, like art design, and like you're saying, like you know, music design, art design. So I feel like if you, if, I feel like if you got too far away from that, then it would you'd basically took taking away like, you know, my favorite things in those type of games, or like the things that I look forward to in Nintendo made games, or like the artistic design of it. You know, that's why I keep that's why I keep buying their systems. You know. That'd be my argument against you know the the other you know the competition that has more realistic realistic stuff, but you know without the art design, it kind of it's just you know it's kind of it kind of bores me. It's not it's not you know as entertaining, I guess, or as exciting to me like for what I'm looking for, you know. And there's plenty of other games to play that are realistic. You don't need you don't need the you don't need Zelda to be that way too. You know, it's let Zelda be Zelda and let the realistic games be the realistic games. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I like I like the way they're doing it, and uh, from like the from like the ten seconds that I've seen of the new one, it looks cool. So hopefully, yeah. we'll, hopefully we'll see more. Um, I don't know, but as of right now, I'm really enjoying. Like I said, really enjoying uh, playing through Twilight Princess again, and I'm glad that they re-released that. I guess all that's left is uh, Skyward Sword, but I don't know if they'd ever. Do you ever think they'd release an HD version of that? I feel like they're really trying to get away from the Wii mode and all that. Even though some of their games still use it for the Wii U, I think if the next, NX. yeah, I think if NX is a, a whole suite of different software and hardware uh, that's all working together, and it's backwards compatible and all that, then it's going to open up more opportunities to bring the motion control games back up to the limelight. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, yeah, if they remake 
Skyward Sword, it's just going to have to be a different hardware than the Wii U, I think. I mean, I would like to, I would like to see it, but I think they're you know I think they're trying to get away from that. I mean, I did I did enjoy that game for the most part. I know a uh, I know a lot of uh, a few people. I know you said you said you had troubles with the with the last boss as well on that one, but had troubles with the motion control. But I I like the I I like the story of it, and from what I played, I would I've, I'm hoping to play through it again after I get through this uh, after I get through Twilight Princess to see see what I think of it. But I don't know. It'd be nice to see an HD version of it. But I don't I don't know. If, you know, at this point, I don't know if it'll happen. Yeah, I feel like you know, we use um it's on its way out and, and the push for Zelda will be on the next Zelda game. I, I think it'll come, I think they'll do a, a Skyward Sword, probably downloadable HD for the ne- for the NX. That's my bet. But they would have to, I mean, you'd have to pack it with a motion controller though. It's the thing, you know, it's, it's like what's weird about that, I guess. They'd oh, have, right, they'd right, have to pack it, pack it with like a motion plus controller. You remember like, uh, Twilight, or Twilight, Skyward Sword was also, in some ways, seemed a little reactionary because people were saying, like, well, yeah, I like the controls okay in Twilight Princess, the motion controls, but I still don't feel like I'm swinging a sword. So, like, Nintendo, like, felt obligated to make a game that... And then they had to use the Wiimote Plus. It wasn't the original Wiimote. You know, it was the the updated right. version of the Wiimote to make it work properly. So that would, just in its own thing was like I don't know even with the the hardware it was on it had to sort of like wait for technical improvements to come around before it could be released so that's uh, why yeah. yeah it needs to be it needs to be on something that natively has that stuff already I don't think people are going to want to buy you know a 10 year old controller just to play the game that was released recently I guess sure. so it would have to be a new form of control that was mimicking the same thing that was in the original version. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with you. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, I, 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 bet you, I bet you anything that the, the Wii Motion Plus was designed like for that game. I'm sure it was. You know, because N- Nintendo, most of their hardware is, is designed around like one particular game. Like the GameCube right. controller is designed for Smash Brothers and like the 64 controller is designed for like Super Mario 64. Like I'm sure that they came up with that Wii Motion Plus like with the thought of Zelda, like in the background, and then put other stuff around it, you know. But I feel like that was probably the idea of that was for the swordplay for that game. Yeah, and I mean, what the other game that used it heavily was the uh, the Wii Sports game for the sword fighting in it. Yeah, which like, but you know, going back to Zelda again, it's like, well, here's you know maybe a taste of it, I guess, you know. Yeah. The, I mean, that would make sense. That sounds like something that Nintendo would do, you know, where they would make. Make one specific thing for one game, you know, and hopes. And that's kind of like their motto is like they they make one thing for one thing they want to do, and they hope that other people will adopt it and do something with it as well. But you know, it doesn't work always work that well. Like with the Wii U, like you know, nobody really jumped on to the to the screen as much as um, they did the motion control, I guess, for the Wii. Yeah, and that's just. I mean, a lot of the reason for that is just because people have so much better screens on other devices, and the screen on the the Wii U gamepad is very dated at this point. And it was when it first came out, even. Yeah, I can remember people saying, oh, it looks kind of too yellow or something, even when it first came out. Well, it's just um, it's just not as, it's not going to look as nice as the um, as the TV, you know, as HDTV that you're using. Yeah. But, um, but it's, I still, I still play off the screen, you know, sometimes. 
and I think it's and I think it's cool that you can do it. I mean, it's it was an interesting, yeah, it's an interesting direction to go. I still think I think that the NX will have will have screens on their on their controllers too. So we'll see. Yeah, they'll at least have amiibo scanners, you know, because they want to keep that going. That'll be in every device. So how do you think uh, NX will benefit the next Zelda? I mean, we know very little about NX right now. But uh, uh, let's let's imagine what how, how will how will NX affect Zelda? I mean, it's hard it's hard to say anything because we don't know anything about the system at all. Right, right. <laughs> so you can't really say like what would you know what would help what what would help it. It's like well, what, how about I don't this? know. What, what would you what do you see in Zelda that like could use an improvement or something? And and, and I don't know, what what do you hope for the next generation of Zelda? Uh, one thing I would I would like is uh, I'd like to, uh, I'd like a I'd like a temple like at the end of the game that doesn't have any like secret weapon in it and you have to use like all of the items that you got in the game to defeat that temple. That would be cool because it's always like, you know, it's always like you get the item, you beat the temple and you don't use the item again. I'd like them to yeah. see I'd like to see some levels where uh you know, where they bring it all together. Like there's like one level in Majora's Mass that was like that where you used like all the stuff you you used all the stuff that you had gotten in like the final and like the fourth and like the fourth dungeon. I thought that was done really yeah. well, and I wish they would do that in other games. How about if they? How about if they did that with each successive dungeon, where you know, dungeon one you you use one weapon, but dungeon two you use equal parts old weapon and new weapon. Well, that'd be great too. I just would. I yeah. wish that you would have more uses for it because, like, like I really like the spinner. I really like the double claw shot, but you yeah. only really use those for those levels. You know, I wish that there would be more stuff, and and you use them for like finding heart pieces like in the main world but there isn't like right. specific dungeons where you use all of those you know whereas i think you should it does make you realize that it's a game that oh someone designed this thing to be used here and only here well they also Versus, it, i think it, i think it also has something to do with them having separate uh separate development teams for each dungeon also because i know twilight princess had like different people working on different parts and they did have like full you know different teams for like each dungeon so maybe they didn't bring it that into effect, but it'd be cool. I mean, I kind of. Do you think? Um, do you do you think that uh, the next one will have the um, will have like the same sort of system as Twilight Princess, where like all the weapons are available at the beginning, where you could like rent them again, or like having like a ma- magic meter for the amount of weapons, so you don't have to collect. You know, you don't have to think about having this this amount of bombs or arrows. Well, they're definitely saying that uh, it's they're trying for it to be less linear. So I think that would work well. That system would work well like it did in uh, Link Between Worlds, you know, because if you want to tackle the dungeons in whatever order you want to, then you would need to have items available early on if you wanted to play a level earlier, I guess. You know, to completely open up the world like they're maybe saying that they want to do. So you would have to be able to take some kind of shortcut or whatever. Because, like, if you had to have the items from the previous three dungeons to beat the fourth dungeon, then that would still be very linear. Yeah, I think I think to a point in Lend Link to the Past, they had levels where you used where you used more of the items just because they were available up front. But I think that's a cool idea, and I, hopefully that has worked worked in some way in, in the new one. But you know, we'll have to see. Are you guys Are you guys doing but anything? I, oh, I was just gonna say, uh, going back to what John asked about, like what the NX could bring to Zelda. I mean, really, all I would say is just better processing power. What can you do with that? I I haven't seen what they can do with a new Zelda game on the Wii U, so as far as I'm concerned, they've got enough power already. 
But yeah, who knows? Maybe the NX could offer something extra, something special that the Wii U can't handle. As far as graphics are concerned, and even just the size of the world or draw distance and stuff like that. We really haven't seen like what this generation offers for it, so it's hard to think of what the next generation could offer for it. You know, so we haven't even seen what exactly. it can do with the hardware that's out now, which I'm sure would look really, really nice. But you know, it takes a while, I guess. What do you think is the likelihood that it will? Do a dual system release, like the GameCube and uh, and the Wii. I think it's pretty likely. It seems pretty likely right now. Um, I hope that they yeah. don't. I hope that they don't do what they did before, like because I'm, I, you know, I, I I promised myself that I wouldn't do what you know because when I bought the Wii version, yeah, I enjoyed the Wii version at the time, but I wished I would have gotten the GameCube version because a lot of people say that that's the definitive version. And I think it is the better version of the two of them. But um, for this, it's like the same thing. It's like I'd like to get it. It's good to get it for the system that it was originally developed for. So, if but they the do Wii edit... version has waggle. You didn't like waggle. <laughs> well, I liked the aiming at the time, <laughs> but yeah, trying to okay. play through it again, like because I started playing through the Wii one. Like I played through like through like the Goron Mines, and I'm like, you know, I really wish I could just have a controller for this, but or at least like just experience it the way it was originally designed, you know, cuz the Wii was added later. I don't know. I'm for I'm for playing the Wii U version if there is an NX version, but hopefully we don't have to wait an extra month for it. That's what I'm saying cuz that kind of was that was kind of a shitty thing to do. Yeah, I think I'm on I'm in the same boat with you there. I don't want I don't want to feel like I have to buy the new hardware to play the game like when it's brand new. You know, I don't want to have to like avoid the internet for a month to play it on the Wii and not have anything spoiled. Is there uh is there anything else you guys with the, you guys could think to add to uh Twilight Princess to our to our thoughts on that? Um I I remember really loving the game and the Tears of Light were one of my primary gripes. So I look forward to playing this version. Uh hope hopefully I'll have it in the next week or so. I can start playing it again, but I'm pretty excited to get back into a Zelda game. I, I booted up Wind Waker the other day to play a little bit of it. Definitely got me excited to play this version, too. Where, where does Twilight Princess stand in your guys' uh, ranking of the Zelda games? For me, it's 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 toward the top. I mean, it's not it's not the best game, but it's I, I put it toward the top. Yeah, that's a. I, I think it's I think it's kind of like a level. It might be like a number six for me. I guess I don't think it's quite at the top five. I, mean, I like it. It's yeah. like you know, just just it's like just in the second tier. I think is where I'd put it. Yeah, was it? That's that a good was, spot. Yeah, because I, I do like it's it. It's behind because it's behind. Uh, it's definitely behind a Link to the Past. It's definitely behind uh, Zelda or Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask and Wind Waker. So yeah, at least six for me. Yeah, that'd be, I'd yeah. even say like yeah. Link's Awakening. I might like better. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I put Link's Awakening above it, but. And I do like Link's Awakening. It's it's just it's just kind of rough to play now. But yeah, I feel kind of the same way. Like I don't know what the actual order it would be, but but yeah, like A Link to the Past and like Majora's Mask and Ocarina and Wind Waker. I think I would put I would all put above it. But it would be like right under those. I mean, I enjoy it. It's just not it's just not in my top five. I guess. When I think about like Zelda games and how they rank, I think about um, what did each of them bring to the table. It's hard to compare them because because they have come out over the course of 30 years and it's not really fair to compare uh, in some cases but you can think about like what did what did it bring to the table right by default a lot of people say oh number one is the best because you know it set these boundaries and whatever uh, number one is toward the top certainly um i think for me ocarina of time is still the best one um so when i think about what did it 
do? What did it alter? Uh, you know, it, it made a lot of questions that still stick around to Zelda to this day. Um, and it's certainly very much the basis for Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess, I think, is a really great refinement on Ocarina of Time. I, I don't know that it really added much. Um, you know, the, the wolf thing was cool, but it's really like an iteration of you know uh, different game mechanics that we've seen before. I don't know that it, that it added much, but I, I I do enjoy it, and I think it's a really good evolution of Ocarina of Time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it is. It basically gave you like Ocarina of Time again to a point, but with like a better technology, which I guess was what people were hoping for. Because when that, if you, I'm sure you remember that original Space World video that came out for GameCube. Which basically showed, you know, showed like Link and um, Ganondorf fighting, you know, in a more of yeah. an art style I lost of like my what when I saw that of yep. what became like Twilight Princess, and that's the first thing they saw like when the GameCube was first starting. So that's what they expected, and then later they saw that the Looney Tunes. I remember watching this video with Jeremy, like sort of Looney Tunes one with like the Moblins like falling from the chandelier and all that, and like where they they like hover in air and then they look down and they fall after they look down. Like that type of cartoony yeah. presentation, and it just being like, "Wow, like where did that come from?" You know? Yeah, yeah. They definitely toned it down. The final version, it definitely appeared more cartoony originally. Yeah, definitely. And that definitely. Space World 2001 demo. Yeah, so it was like uh, they they went back to what people wanted, and I'm I'm glad that it happened. It's just, and I mean, when you look back at it, it's just you know, I think Wind Waker is the, is the better game. I wish I, w- I wish there was sure. a way to combine both of them, you know, because I like. I like the lengthiness of Twilight Princess better. I like that there's more dungeons in it, and I think some of the dungeons are more are like very interesting, like are a little more interesting than Wind Waker, I guess. I was saying there's like ten, like there's a lot of them. Like it's that I like that. I I want it to be like that, but I guess still for like lasting appeal or like games that I think of or that I've played more, you know, more 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 times than that. It's be you know, it would be like you know, just top top of bottom tier, which is still good, but it's you know. Just not top five, yeah. I guess. It's be- it's better than a Skyward Sword for sure. Oh yeah, I didn't even put Skyward Sword wasn't even in my top five. I guess I already I only played through that one once. Also, well, I played through it a second time long enough to get the shield, but yeah, that's one I'd like to see. That one's that one's kind of an interesting one in itself too. I'll have to return to that one at some point and try it again. But but yeah, if that's if you guys feel like we've covered uh, Twilight Princess enough, we can uh, we can move on. But. Is there anything else you want to say? Uh, I can't really think of anything other than um, I'm going to buy it. So, I mean, it's it seems appealing enough that I want to play it. So that's good. It's won me over. Yeah, I would definitely buy it again. Are you uh, are you planning on getting a Wii U, John? I mean, I think you should. There's lots of good games on it. I don't I don't know what you're you probably want to figure out the living situation or, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 I haven't had a whole lot of time for games lately, so I'm just uh, uh once I get my new place apartment uh, I'll probably get a nice big TV and catch up on Wii U. It's been weird for me. I've sat out this entire generation, and now this generation is probably going to be the shortest one that Nintendo's had in, in some time, only four years. So, like, oh, wow, I missed it. I almost missed it. <laughs> it, was, it was your fault because you didn't get one. That's that's why they're that's why they're stopping the generation. It, it, I know. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Well, the good yeah. news is... Uh, you can buy a bunch of games for super cheap now. They, uh, they're they doing the uh, Nintendo Selects for 20 And uh, I wanted to go back to what I was saying earlier about the Amazon discount. If you have Amazon Prime, you can buy the Nintendo Select games for really cheap. I'm going to buy Pikmin 3 for like 15 bucks. Yeah, I was going to say, you can finally get Pikmin 3 because they're re-releasing it. Could get that. Yeah, and then with, the, with that discount on Prime, it's so cheap. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel weird, I, against, I feel weird about getting like the... 
you know, they do the reissues like Nintendo selects and whatever million sellers club. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like when I get that with that little mark on, on the cover, like I'm getting the lesser version. I'm not getting the original version. Like I got to get the original version myself. Like, oh. you get, you get to just print it's out just, a different cover for your, for your discs, right? <laughs> I could. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is the same thing. It's just repackaged, but yeah, no, I understand. Yeah. It's like you're getting, you're getting the, the, the greatest hits, you know, or the, the resale one. I'm just glad that Pikmin 3 is back out again. It's weird that that game was, you know, became so rare, especially being like a first party release game that's great. I mean, that should be in like every, every store, right? That sells a Wii U should have Pikmin 3. I mean, that was the main reason that I got the system was to play that game. Are you guys, uh, before, before we head out, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to mention you guys know that tomorrow is like officially Mario Day now, according to Nintendo. It's a March, March 10th. You know, if you mm-hmm. put a dot above the one, it says Mario. This like just Uh-oh. happened like a couple weeks ago or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I, it's it's kind of cool. It falls on a Thursday, so maybe they'll release like some sort of cool downloadable thing. I don't know. But there's well, like doing a, the uh, DLC for Mario Maker, I think. Uh, yeah, they did that today. Actually, it's it's out oh, already, that was I believe I haven't played it yet. I was about to I was about to get into it before uh, before this, but uh, yeah, that yeah that was today with the keys and stuff. But um, but yeah, Mar Mar ten tomorrow. So we're getting I guess, some. Uh, I guess Mega today Man technically games tomorrow. We're oh yeah, Battle Network games on the eShop. I know that. Oh, I it's I think a couple of them are on there already. I don't know. I just hope for something for like from Mar ten. You know, be like uh oh, Super Mario RPG or something something on there. I don't know. I thought they'd do some sort of thing. I guess uh, Sakurai has some sort of live stream tomorrow. Like about Smash Brothers, so there might be something in there. Who knows? Wonder why it took them this long to come up with it. Mar ten, the Mar ten. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you know, some guy at Nintendo just like it dawned on him like last week. Like guys, Mar ten. Oh, let's do it. <laughs> Looks like Mario. Yeah, because there's like a video. There's like a video on YouTube of like a guy in a Mario suit, like walking around the Nintendo office, like spreading the cheer of Mar ten. It's pretty hilarious if you have if you haven't seen it. He, he basically like walk, there's like a guy throwing a trash in the trash can, and he like walks past him, and all of a sudden he's he's throwing like fireballs into the trash can, and like there's a guy talking to a girl, and he like gives him a mushroom, and he becomes like twice his size, like he he like you know becomes huge, and uh, it's 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 ridiculous, but uh, yeah, it's uh, this Mario guy walking around doing stuff to people in offices. It's great, but uh, but yeah, I guess I guess on that uh, we'll be out. Uh, Thanks, thanks for joining us, John, for episode 15. And, uh, well, thanks for having me. And, uh, we're your hosts, myself, Trey Johnson, and, hey, it's me, Jeremy Rakowski. And, uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see you next week. <laughs>